0: Hey guys, the Boom Boom Show, another great one with you. We're talking women's MMA and everything about MMA and everything about life right now. We've got Valerie Treble Letourneau in studio. Let's go! Hey. Hi Valerie, how are hey, you? I'm
1: good, Jamie. How have you been?
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been good. I've been good. We're doing this show. We're trying to, you know... Like just spread the word for MMA. We're trying to, especially people who come from Quebec, and you're one of the pioneers of MMA in Quebec, women's MMA. So much to get to, so much to talk about. You know, we need we're, more of this. Yes, we need more. We're so thrilled to have you in the studio. I was so lucky to have Corinne. She said she talks so much about you, so highly of you that you're like a mentor for her and for so many people. For myself, everybody that fought MMA, you were beginning the journey, and you know you made it happen. You really showed us that it could happen. In, uh, it could happen it could Definitely. happen in sometimes Montreal sometimes
1: I still can't believe it yeah. I mean it went so fast but it, it took so long at the same time mm-hmm.
0: yeah because uh man we were talking just off, off air and about all your experiences and your age now and when you started so talk to me really about like the beginning of MMA, like how how it started for you, because right now it seems it's a little clean. You know, the girls know they can enter an MMA gym. Maybe there's some amateur fights, but back in the day it wasn't so easy. So, how does someone start MMA? What was what martial art did you start with, and how did you become a UFC and Bellator contender, title contender?
1: It's a quite a long story, but um, <clears throat> to start, I was in a juvenile center, and they told me that I really started. I needed to start doing sport, any what? type of sport, but I had so much aggressivity. And then um, I was about 15 when I got out of there, and I chose to do kickboxing, and I fell in love with it right away. I wanted to train twice a day, every day. So it became a passion for me. And then uh, in the same gym, they started to teach jiu jitsu. So, and then George St. Pierre actually started to teach there at some point. So that's how I met George. And then um, having George as an example, we're going there and watching him fight. So I was seeing all these men making the big show. About everything that I like, which was kickboxing and jiu jitsu, right. and I'm like, I want to do, I want to do it all. That's the that's the best world to me to be able to mix both of these passions together. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was no uh, women on the scene. That was only a couple men's actually that were able to. So you
0: in your gym, you were training strictly with guys.
1: Strictly with guys. There was no absolutely <laughs> no women, and that was only big guys. I was lucky when yeah, I met a little, you.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah that was only guys but i didn't care i, I liked my my you know
0: circle i guess yeah it mm-hmm. was you know, a nice group yeah exactly
1: it was a nice group good people and um i was spending all my time there but that, that was absolutely no opportunities for women so i started to compete in kickboxing and in the few jujitsu competition that i could make but that was no women so they were putting me with the guys and then uh that was not really fun for them because you're like, you don't want to hurt the girl. Yeah. But, but you know, we, we just made it work. And then uh, I was just dreaming to be the the first woman to, to compete as a professional athlete in mixed mm-hmm. martial art. And uh, it took so many years. I was, um, I think it's in 2006. So I was wow, in my, yes, my, yeah. my 20s. So between 15 and 23 something. Uh, it was quite a long time. I had my daughter between that. So um, I just got a call, two weeks notice, and then there was a show in uh, Nova Scotia. So I went
0: MMA out. show, MMA professional, show. professional. You hadn't fought amateur. Y-
1: I fought amateur in kickboxing, but there was, was no MMA. I don't think mm-hmm. it was even legal. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, I actually did one one fight, one fight when I was uh, eight, eighteen, and I'm not even sure it was legal. It was at the scratch at Laval. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. MMA well, the bros, bar, <laughs> like no protection, real <laughs> MMA gloves. And then, uh, it's not on my record, but that was my only experience in Mm -hmm. MMA. But, uh, that was no, um, you know, they started this show after that. You could have big gloves, but you could grapple, which I totally hated because Mm -hmm. it's, it's not the same as (laughs) when you fight with small gloves. And then, um, you were just catching your experience as, as you could on, on jujitsu competition, kickboxing, boxing. So I did all that as much as I could. And then, uh, yeah, switched to MMA. So I won this first fight, but what after this? Like, that was no mm-hmm. other oh, show. Oh, you won in Nova Scotia. I, I, I won <laughs> this one. And then Stéphane Patrick keeps saying for TKO, no women would ever fight on my show. Oh, God. This is Just ridiculous. like Dana White. <laughs> and I could see, like, all the guys I was training with was like Jonathan Goulet, Clavo Pat Côté, uh, George. Quebecois
0: legends, yeah. Yeah, but I was yeah. driving
1: mm-hmm. all the way every Friday with my daughter to uh, Victoriaville, we were training there. Mm-hmm. So making this trip just to train with the guys. And then um, at some point, they says like, she deserves it. She's doing everything that we do. Why, why can't she fight? So Did people think
0: you were crazy, like your family? I, I or was people crazy. Around you? <laughs>
1: I was totally crazy. It didn't because it's crazy
0: sense. enough for men to do it. But the stigma around women, I mean, now it's more normal. But especially we know, like you said, 15, 18 years ago, was not easy for men, you're saying, to find fights. Imagine women. Exactly. So hats off to you and the women who persevered.
1: Uh, so the big thing was, like, one. they has this uh, Gina Carano fight against Julie Kedzie, it became very like I wouldn't say popular, but that was mainstream. A lot of, yeah. Was
0: that affl- what was that, Affliction or what was that? It was. Um, or one of those like Affliction or the other name? one. Yeah, yeah, the other one.
1: Elite.
0: Elite XC or something like that. Yeah, I think it was that. Maybe that or force so, or. Oh yeah, something. Something around. One of it, huh? these
1: promotion. Yeah. Anyway, so then I got the call from Stefan Patry. and not only for a TKO that I wanted to fight for at the Bell Center. It was my second. That's fight. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all dreams come true being the first female to fight in Montreal on a pro yeah. show. And I've lost this fight so bad. I don't know if you saw my fight, my fight against Sarah Kaufman.
0: Yeah. I, again, I, I, I've seen them all. I just, to go back and remember all your fights, they're all great. Though. Oh
1: my God. But that and Sarah was. Sarah like, Kaufman's a UFC uh,
0: fighter, another Canadian, very, very tough, much bigger than you, too. She never yeah, fought as low as you yeah, fought. I
1: thought I was big, but I actually, I was very small. Very small, next yeah, to her. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I lost this fight, but still you know got my experience from him fighting in montreal at the bell center so i just kept on going and i had more opportunities here and there i think i fought for nine different promotions so you had to hustle like whatever was coming you just mm-hmm. take it there's sometimes i spent almost two years without fighting either i had injuries or there was just no women mm-hmm. that I, I could fight and then, uh, how do you
0: stay motivated through that? Like, for that, I mean, this goes for anybody out there doing any endeavor. Like, how do you stay motivated when, you know, the fighting it looks bleak? You don't know when the next fight is. You don't know if Women's MA is going to be recognized or how I do you. I
1: think y- you all still, th- what's frustrating me is that you guys are all. All still going through this right now because there's not much going on with COVID. In yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, not just with COVID, there's not many MMA shows. No, in Quebec. that's why so you talked about
0: Stefan. Hats off to Stefan Patry who gave us a, a platform to, to perform exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was a good platform, it was like actually a very professional show that he was doing. We didn't know at that time, but now I know because I've been fighting for so many different promotions. But so um, staying
0: motivated how does it how do you do it is it just self-talk it, is it is it the love of the game is it
1: it's definitely the love of the game the mm-hmm. passion and then you know we, I had the ups and downs sometimes I felt like quitting but I was spending two weeks out of the gym and I was getting totally crazy mm-hmm. I loved it so much yeah. I was missing it every day the toughest part also is just it just doesn't make any sense for anyone around you everyone every single person around you is telling you what the hell are you doing why yeah. are you doing this? Being all messed up, I had bruise in my face every week. Yeah, like yeah. that was a new spot. I don't know if you remember. Oh well, yeah, you are the black
0: eye. I think you, 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 my myself, you, GSP. We have that like they call it the white boy skin because I'm the same way. You touch me, I bruise. I heal fast, <laughs> but I know George. You see some of his fights. We always joke about that together because I'm the same way. I mean, I'm the kind of guy I bruise so easy. Exactly. Like my father's Italian, but I really have the white boy. So my mother's French. you driver, look at us so.
1: after a fight, even if we win, yeah, you, know, you, you really bad. think I, that we I was got the beat same. Up yeah. Bad. Mm-hmm. So uh, just in training, I I was getting beat up so bad. My face was always messed up. I didn't care about that. But for the people around you, if you talk to your mom, if you talk to your friends, even financially, it doesn't make there's Mm -hmm. no logic around that. It just doesn't make any sense. So you're on your own. You have to motivate yourself on your own. And I loved it so much that I just kept on going. And at the time I was about to quit here and there, opportunity would come. Uh, So it just kept me on going. yeah, Yeah. And that's exactly what happened for the UFC because I remember at 29, I was about to retire. At 30, I was about to retire. At 31, I was about to retire. I was just kept, keep telling myself, oh, let's do one more year. And my body also, I was paying the price. Oh, yeah. I remember I had already two shoulder surgery when I was 30. And yeah. I, I wasn't paying it it already, yeah. but mm-hmm. when you see opportunities like, okay, a bigger show, and your uh, your management your manager is telling you, okay, one more fight, and you can probably sign with this promotion. It's like, okay, one more fight, one more fight, and then you win the fight. So that's oh. just that's just how it happened. That's mm-hmm. how I stayed there for so long, thankfully, because you know the 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 gift I had at the end of all this was to sign with the UFC, mm-hmm. and it's so addictive because you know my first dream was just to be the first pro-female fighter here after i did i wanted to fight for tko i wanted to fight at the bell center i did not only i did i did four times after this it was always something else you know i, I signed with the big show I saw, you want to sign with the big show and then when i heard that they were opening the 135 away class for the women it's not the time for me to quit mm-hmm. i've been doing all this for what yeah then? So
0: Is that it, was that a big motivator too to see Ronda Rousey and to see the UFC open up your division?
1: Huge. Yeah. I was ready to to quit everything that and I was not, doing. I, I hate to
0: go there, but how old were you at that point?
1: I was about I was pro- probably thirty. Okay, so it's not it. like
0: it's not like you were like, you know, young enough to say I'm in my prime. You maybe were in your prime but you weren't young. I you were fighting for a long prime. time.
1: My but my buddy was telling me I was not in my prime. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that but I would have regretted so much the, the, the only it, yeah. thing that I keep telling myself if I'm not doing it, I'm gonna regret it for the rest of my mm. life and I would have since well, like even, you said
0: you can't go two weeks without training imagine the rest of your so, life knowing that the opportunity was in the door
1: even since I retired sometimes I regret that I retired mm, but i, oh I know God. why I did yeah, and I, yeah. I don't know I've been
0: well you accomplished so much the reality is you really did accomplish so much and that's why we're so proud of you and and the other thing too is what I want to ask you is so. At what point do you say, okay? How far are you from signing with the UFC that the UFC incorporates women's fighters?
1: I was really close. My record was wasn't that good, but my only loss was against Sarah Kaufman, which was I think ranked number one pretty much in the world in the one thirty five division. Mm-hmm. Alexis Davis, that was ranked like number two or three,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Claudia Gadella that was ranked number one at one fifteen or one twenty five pounds. So two of them were split decision. So they knew that I, w- I was a tough fighter and I was like this close to be at, the, at that level. But I fought the toughest girl that I could have. Right. Pretty much worldwide in my first couple of fights. The only the other thing, though, it was hard for me to get a fight because if you're a good coach, you want to protect your athlete, you seeing this girl, I'm not the, the fight that the girls were looking for. Hell no. No. So hell no. It was really Trouble. Hard. <laughs> it was hard. But when I moved with American Top Team, it's all the story over there. They have a lot of um, amateur show. So there's some women that are coming. that actually had more fights than myself turning pro because yep. they had like 10 amateur fights that were pretty much like pro fights. Yep. So it was getting hard. Uh, with easier. small gloves in
0: a cage. Exactly. Small cage, yeah.
1: So uh, with a good manager that he had contact everywhere, everywhere in the U.S., Well, he was able to find a couple girls that I was ready to fight for free. I knew I was about one fight to get in UFC, one win. They didn't care who I was going to fight. Because my last loss was against Claudia, a -hmm. split uh, decision. So um, that's it. They they got me this fight, and I won in 30 seconds. And it was a last minute. that The the, the girl pulled out, and they gave me another girl that wasn't ready at all. It was in 2013. And then... Two weeks after I got the call for the UFC,
0: what what show was that? The 2013 uh,
1: show. It's XFN. Okay, so think. one of those uh, Florida, Florida base, yeah. yeah.
0: So you talked about the move to ATT. We've talked about this before. Really, um, you really you're you're a native Quebecois. You love Quebec. You know we love it here. We love uh, Canada. Um, what was that like moving? Because I I know you've talked about many times. You, your heart was at Tristar. You love the people at Tristar. You love the coaches. You love the environment. You I really, grew I, we up could up see there. in your eyes. You grew up there, and when you'd come, you'd train, and Are you, you just loved cry? it. But that's a, so. I just I didn't want to put you in the spot. But what was that like to move to? Because uh, again, there's nothing wrong with moving to ATT. And like you said, there's more women. There's more opportunity. Florida's beautiful. <laughs> Florida is beautiful. <laughs> so what's that move? What was that, that was move a, like? Because you had a daughter too. It's not like you're you're packing up alone. You had a daughter. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The
1: toughest thing was my daughter. I'm very confident. Like not that I was I was definitely not rich financially, but I'm very confident. I'm a confident person in a way where if it's not working this way, I'm going to find another way. Mm-hmm. So I didn't well, care <laughs> if I was going to be successful or not over there. I knew that I had to make this move if I wanted to go on a big scene. Otherwise, I, mean, I retire. It's like... Being stubborn helped or, you
0: change your life. Being stubborn was kept you focused on that goal when many people have probably told you, what are you doing? There's no women's MMA. There's no UFC. <clears> there's no big platform. There's no...
1: You have to be stubborn. Mm-hmm. And I, I've told that to Corinne multiple times because I could see being in her environment, what she was going through. You know, her family is supportive. But these little worlds, you know, when you finish a fight, you have this big cut and you all full, she has a full time job,
0: too. She's a dental hygienist. She yeah, works hard
1: to be able to train. You have to work. How are you going to pay these coaches? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yes, some people's going to help you. But, you know, not not everybody's going to train you for free. They have to make money as oh, well. Yeah. So th- this all struggle, like uh, you, you just need to be, uh, like you said, stubborn and, and
0: focused, focused. So you how do you take your daughter and say, we're going to Florida?
1: I'm lucky that her dad accepted this. Mm-hmm. She was in school. So what I did is that I moved in December. I did a couple tryouts at the gym to make sure that I really liked it. And then uh, she had to finish her school year here. And I had to get organized over there. You just don't move with a kid with your pack sack. And then you don't even know where you're <laughs> going to live. I wouldn't do this to my daughter. <laughs> so her dad was fine with this. I was going to fly back and forth and get all my my shit together over Mm -hmm. there and then Gabby would come after uh, her school Mm -hmm. year finished so that's what we did but those months were super hard but at the same time it was the first time of my life where I didn't have to work full-time during the day get up in the morning take my daughter to school it was the first time that I could experience training like a real pro athlete Mm -hmm. like I'm used to see all these guys at TriStar and I could look at Firas like what a total mess! I was always late, you know, running. I want because I dropped off my daughter to school. I was going to teach a couple class. I was already late to go for the sparring and after the sparring my heart was pounding because I was already late to let's say to pick up my daughter yeah. that's how we talked about uh, all the days.
0: being focused producer Pascal she made me; is making me read the book The One Thing to be focused to not the spin, your, to not spin your, your tires like, on so many things because I'm the same you know I, I think that there's a certain element of that to be a high performance athlete where you tr- you just you know that you have to put all your eggs in that basket to train and you want to do other things you want to please other people you want to be there for other people but the reality is that you have to be a bit selfish to be a top performer you have to your training has to be number one but yes there's other things in life like you said that come up
1: well to me my daughter it was not an option you know I had her (laughs) and I had to to provide financially not only for myself I want her to have a good life that that was not negotiable like I wanted her to to be comfortable have a good home
0: so she was living after that summer that she came to see you she did her next year in Florida
1: yeah she did her next year so she finished like in June and then she moved with me mm-hmm. and she was excited about it. Uh, when she got there, she was acting a little <laughs> bit crazy because she was pissed that I left her for a couple months yeah, in Montreal. Yeah. And then it was hard on me to get to the, this rhythm, but I knew I did it before. Right. And on top of it, I was working. Right. Now I had a, a few sponsor that was helping me out to, to make this move in Florida. So, uh, but those few months I evolved so much, mm-hmm. even when, when my daughter wasn't there because that's all I was doing training mm-hmm. six hours a day, they were kicking me out of the gym, like telling me Val, I mean, you've been yeah. here for eight hours, just get out of here. I was like, all <laughs> oh, sweaty, I've lost, I think 10 <laughs> or 15 pounds in yeah. a couple months and I know the but that, the, the that, weather does have an effect on me. In mm-hmm. Florida I had much more energy. I was never sick. I was always sick here in the winter. Mm-hmm. So this is all the plus and I had huge support from this him, from this team. The good thing is it took me seriously from the beginning and I was lucky because you really have to prove, you know, Your how values. much you want it when you step oh, into okay, such yeah. a big gym. You wouldn't see anyone arriving at TriStar and then you think Firaz would just say Oh, yeah, let's go spiral with George St. Pierre yeah. and just do whatever you want. You, you have to go. You have to earn your keep, for the, sure. For sure. So, but um, no, I mean, of course, I was missing my team. And then I literally grew up at TriStar. I, I've been through so much at TriStar. All the coaches there, people that I loved, you guys. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, th- that that's what I had to do to, yeah. to make it work.
0: So. Yeah, so we talked about obviously uh, the hardships you went through and having to move with your daughter. But now we, let's talk about something fun UFC 193. Uh, you go to Australia, you fight Joanna, you Jay Chick. Uh, on the undercard, the co main event, it was a beautiful card because, I mean, you got Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm fighting in the main event. And the co main event, you have yourself, mm-hmm. a Quebecois girl, a hometown girl fighting Joanna. Isn't
1: it crazy? Like, we were two women
0: back to back, main events. Back to yeah. back,
1: main events. You know, just that. How much forward we've moved, you know. Mm-hmm. Just I was so proud to be part, part of this. It was the biggest show of the history. On yeah. top of it, you know, this all packaged together
0: Yeah, I remember watching it. I had goosebumps when you're walking out because I'm like, because I because I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete through and through. <laughs> yeah, you too. And I like I see me and Pascal. He's an, he wants to be an Olympic taekwondo. You know, he that was his dream too when he was growing up. So he's high level taekwondo. I'm a high level wrestler. And we always talk about those moments of seeing someone they finally make it. and watching you finally make it. I was like. Man, that's so cool! Like it was like, I could not believe in all the people in Dana White saying that the women will never find the UFC, and you know all the people. I've seen you move to you know Florida, and like I'm like thinking, I remember when you moved to Florida, like, hey, what is she doing that for? Like we, you don't understand, but everybody mm-hmm. has their journey, you yeah. know. And I realize that now when you're done, you say, oh my god, everybody has a journey. So that was an awesome moment. So what's um. What's that like? Talk me through that process of like, you know, at what point did you receive the phone call saying you're going to fight Joanna? Did you know? I don't think there was a ranking system back then, but you were doing super well. And what was that like leading up to that fight? Like, was it, was it just, was it spontaneous or...
1: I just walked through it because it happened so quick. I just fought um, Marina Moroz. And after the fight... I didn't know how much they were pushing for her to fight for the belt, but my coaches knew. They just didn't put right. that pressure on me. But it was
0: your first fight at 115. <clears throat> it was my second fight at Second fight, okay.
1: So I don't think the UFC expected me to win this fight.
0: And this, and, uh, I, I don't want to talk, we don't like pushing people's weight on this show. But that was a huge sacrifice because we did talk about earlier you were fighting at 135. And we're talking about 115 now.
1: Listen, my first fight? I was 112. Yeah, and you,
0: by no, by no stretch of the imagination, you're not a big girl. You walked in here; you're a tiny girl. But 115 is a small individual for Listen, anybody. I'm
1: probably 150 right now, 150 or 155. Pascal, edit that I out. We don't 50.
0: need that in the show. Edit that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, imagine for me to drop. I'm not big at 150, mm-hmm. so for me to drop at 115. Pounds,
0: no, it's cr- I remember thinking, like, how was she making this? And then
1: I made a lot of people cry, like, <laughs> myself, including yeah, including myself.
0: And he uh, used J.F. as well. Uh, because JF. oh my God. <laughs> because after that, that motivated me to use J.F. Because I was like, hey, I can make 125 if she can make 115. Because I was fighting at 35, wrestling at 35. Yeah. J.F.
1: can sell anything now. He's, <laughs> made, he's made me do 115. He can make you do pretty much. If you want to fight that 90 pounds, I think he can make you do it.
0: <laughs> no, I know. Because so. he would tell me, like, look, I went through this with Valerie. You just need to water load. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gaining weight. I don't want to water load anymore.
1: It's doable, but. Listen, this is totally insane. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's so, 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 so tough. Uh, even for the people there, they have to be really strong mentally because they seeing you suffer. There's no other way. You will suffer. You, it's just... You know, almost passing out, spending hours and hours, and the women's body is totally not the same. Different. No, it's not the same. So it's not. I'm I'm starting to coach women now,
0: especially in wrestling. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The cutting so weight is completely different, especially during, during hormonal cycles exactly. and all kinds if of you're stuff. You're in your cycle. <laughs> if you stress. You yeah. Keep the
1: water. is just like she's just spent two hours in the bath. She's lost point two pounds. Yeah, it's crazy. What is this? It's, it's insane. Yeah. So. Yeah, everybody has to be tough mentally and we do what we got to do until we, we make the weight. That's but did it. you
0: have time to enjoy the moment of saying, oh, I'm going to fight on a main event, co-main event?
1: The time I had is that I arrived a month before. Uh, Australia. Maybe three, four weeks before in Florida and my mom was, then uh, in, in Florida, in Australia and my mom went to Florida for this entire month. So my daughter was staying in the same home, you know, going to school, not being distracted from mm-hmm. anything. So I had this peace of mind. And then I did enjoy Australia still going to my my uh, fight camp and that's one amazing place such a great people over there and then. um I wanted to stay after, but I was so beat up and so heartbroken from the fight. Yeah. I was
0: planning to stay for another two weeks. But it, don't be hard on yourself. It, it wasn't a it was a phenomenal fight. Like oh, we saw I... Joanna at that time was pound for pound the best by far, finishing everyone and she couldn't finish the reality is she couldn't finish you. Mm-hmm. Like it was tough. I mean your kickboxing style matched her Muay Thai style perfectly. Like I rewatched the fight, I'm saying there's moments in that fight where you could have you know, know, if you would just pushed a little harder, I I felt like you could have finished her. Mm-hmm, and know. Joanna at that time was unstoppable like you know a lot of people in my circle were like oh Valerie's going there to die but you exactly. really
1: that's what everybody thought But you know that was a good thing because I'm the type of person. If you think that I can't,
0: you will. I will do (laughs) anything. (laughs) Well, look at all these adversities. You know, doing Mm -hmm. MMA, moving to Florida, making 115, now fighting against a killer at 115. Yeah. That's like that's your reward. Like uh, it's bad enough you have to make the weight, but you have to fight a killer who was uh, at the time super proud. Yeah. We should be. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: but you know, it was still hard, and it's still hard. I'm hard on myself because I knew that I could have won the fight mm-hmm. it's something that I've trained with Joanna after this you know she moved to my gym so we were always partnering together that's right
0: I, after that you trained with her so much
1: I saw that people you guys are friends did, now well friends we stay in touch you mm-hmm. know we went for for lunch a couple times together right. and then it's people were stopping at the gym it was like watching you guys spar is vale, going to spar right now yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. stopped what they're doing Yeah, and it was always like 400% throwing each other because you're both you're
0: both that competitive nature I guess yes mm-hmm. and
1: then she's a big girl as well oh we yeah really almost at the same weight so she's not big she's, she's cutting a lot of weight we are but built l- different yeah, yeah she has more legs big Her legs hips are, yeah, you know we're yeah. just not made the same I have more a, a bigger upper body but um, she's not much shorter than myself okay so both of us Full weight, full strength. Let's it was go. Very, it was very good. Uh, we should to pay
0: say. to watch. We should put that up and pay to watch that. Put that on pay-per-view.
1: This <laughs> is one person that seriously, I don't think that there's her her, and Kayla Harrison, but definitely Joanna is the top one in the type of person that pushed herself in a the gym. There's no light training with JoJo. Right. Whoever spar with her, you have to be alert. Like She's not going to go easy on mm-hmm. anyone. It's always 100%. Yeah. And, She's working really hard.
0: So, um, what's wh- what's it like now? I mean, do you, you said you keep in touch with her, you're living here in Quebec. Do you still get some MMA training in? Or what's not the, what's much
1: l- of MMA training. My body, but first of all, the first year that I retired, I was just so very sad and I yeah. kind of didn't want to hear about it. I
0: was just heartbroken. You're talking about after the Bellator championship After fight? the Bellator yeah, championship. Because you champ. also, I mean, we did talk a lot about UFC, yeah, but you yeah, also but fought Valerie, uh, Lo- 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 what's her name, the champ from Bellator? Lima. Yeah, Lima McFarlane. McFarlane, McFarlane yeah. Um, you fought her and she, you know, you fought for the world title in Bellator after That's fighting out. That's
1: another person that I knew I could have be. Mm-hmm. I was going down the hill physically. There's a lot of things that's why I retired because actually we had to adjust my training for my three, four last camp. It's not
0: fun, right? When you get older and you want to do twice a day but your body can't anymore.
1: I was doing twice a day but it's more. it was more like uh, technically there's a lot of things I couldn't do anymore and we had to adjust. When you walk in a fight and you know you know how I was always like I don't care about being in pain or whatever but there's yeah. a lot of technique that I couldn't do anymore. My left heart was quit, you know, giving up on me so I know if I was... On the ground, it was going to be really hard for me to get up with only wow. one arm. There's a lot of technique that we were adjusting during training. The coach is like, i "Don't even practice this because if you do this yeah. in a fight, yeah. the fight will be over." Like my left I arm know, is not I know. I have. You, I have the
0: issues now. Like, is. but there's then, some techniques I just can't. I wish I, I guys, I can't do it. my <laughs>
1: arm doesn't move this way anymore. It's just like it doesn't bend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you, when you walk in a fight, you, instead of being like you want to. Kill the other ones. Like, I gotta be careful with this. I gotta be careful with that. And then you get in the position. You have to, yeah. it's, It's not fun anymore. But once again, I knew I was this close from this opportunity to fight for title fight for Bellator. So I just kept on going.
0: Yeah. but i knew it was going to be yeah. my last fight i just yeah.
1: wanted to win this belt yeah. and get out of there <laughs> and then i had to get out of there without, without getting the belt, the belt. yeah so. i think
0: yeah i think again it's all about the journey i think we're as athletes as high performance athletes we're very hard on ourselves and we don't look at ourselves as winners mm-hmm. where the rest of the world looking at us as winners but you're, you might be looking at ronda rousey or like you said joanne or someone that had the belt but it doesn't mean that you're not a winner uh, we I was we having, always want more. We always I'm want glad more. We always talk
1: about it, you know. Like I said, I, I just started. Like I wanted to be the first pro female fighter. After this, I wanted to have something else. And after no, something I, else, I wanted to have something else. If if you and, don't
0: appreciate the journey, you'll never be happy with the result because you know. I'd, then there's going to be something else after that. That's what i You have to, you have you know, to appreciate that. that. You know, people look at me all the time, and I didn't have the greatest MRA career. But I started at 20, like until 29, I didn't even throw a punch. Mm. <laughs> Like, yeah. I didn't even know how to box until or I... Spa- or, or
1: yeah, I remember our first you were going to get it quick, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how to punch, so I had to wrestle and figure it out. And my first sparring partners were you, Yves Jabouin. I have a of our Zahabi, Louis. Like, these are my first sparring partners, and I'm learning, like, on the go. It's like uh, learning to play poker with high stakes, like, mm-hmm. very, very high stakes. True. But I think, you know, when other people look at me and they say, oh, you did really well, and I fought for two major world titles still. Like, they're not UFC belt or... But, I look back and I have to say, look, it wasn't uh, it wasn't that bad. You know, there's people who want to be where I want to be. I want to be where people want to be. And there's other.
1: We have to be grateful. There's so many people that would love to experience that. And, we and like have, you said,
0: you would regret it if you hadn't.
1: Oh, and then, you know, I was crying and crying and crying for months after that. I, I retired. I was feeling like a loser. What I did this. <laughs> what I, why I did all that. For nothing.
0: Yeah, for nothing. I don't
1: even have a piece of something. <laughs> but to can finish. you imagine
0: the other outsiders you know? looking at you, looking at UFC 193, but and knowing that you were there?
1: Thankfully, I have friends like David Luazo who's mm-hmm. been through this. Someone I was really looking up to was Mike Brown. There's mm-hmm. not many people that I was following as a fighter. I was training a lot, but I was not watching fight. But Mike Brown, I was looking up to him, and then yeah, when WEC I became a champion, ATT, he, he became my coach. And we went through this whole experience of the championship fight experience, and when I told him how I felt, has I'm um, like like I have uh, I haven't accomplished anything. anything. Yeah, he just couldn't believe. Like he was so upset. He's like, Wow, you don't know what I would have give to be in in your place when you fought for the yeah. championship fight. It was an amazing experience just for them to be able to, to be there mm-hmm. and to, to coach. And then I just realized like the people that I'm looking up to felt that I'm actually blessed to have experienced what I did. So I have to start to be grateful myself. And just like, that's amazing what I've, what I've been through. And that's how you have to see it because uh, (laughs) otherwise anyway, Probably even if I would have won the belt, it would have been something else. Yeah.
0: So, you would say, oh, I should, I would have, I could have finished her. I would have won differently. Yeah, and, I should have And then after girl, that, I stayed then, in there too long and I got hurt. There's always something. So there's you know? always something. Yeah. Exactly.
1: But that's why it took me a while to understand. Now I'm, I'm super grateful and I'm just like keeping those good memories.
0: And do you, do you look at the landscape now of MMA and you're kind of, not bitter, but you kind of think, hey, they have it easier because of everything that you had to go through? Is it, like, it is the reality, right? I mean, it no. is, it, it's more, it's tougher because there are so many girls now that are fighting.
1: Yes. It's not, it's not, there's no jealousy. I'm super proud because in my mind.
0: You you were part of the pioneer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I
1: paved the way for them. That I'm super proud of. When I'm seeing girls like Corinne, like, I want to help them so much and, you know i wish i could have someone that would explain the mm-hmm. way she feels is normal the way like uh, people would talk to her to try to discourage her the type of move that she has to do for her career in in order to make it and she's pretty much at the same place as i was when i was in my 30 31 i think she's 31 now um you don't have that many years in front of you mm-hmm. it has to happen right now yeah. so the small decision you will take will have a huge impact on you make it or not yeah so, you have to start to listen to the people that were there before. Yeah. Which she's doing. But uh, yeah, I'm seeing all these women, and also the, the paycheck went so much higher. Oh my God. I didn't spend that long in the UFC. So, I made good money there. But imagine if I could have spent 10 years mm-hmm. in in the UFC or Bellator. So, that side hurts a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, like I said, we have to be grateful. Yeah. yeah. I, I did. It could be zero years. <laughs>
0: You did great. You did. I mean, we're proud of you here on BTC on the show. Everybody in Quebec, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you. I mean, that's pretty much it. We, we talked so much more than, so much more depth than I thought we'd do, but we, you know, we had to catch up. It's been a while yeah, uh, that we don't catch up. And yeah, I just want to thank you for doing this. It was so neat to catch up and talk about your experience. Yeah, and it's
1: a pleasure. Like I said, we need, we need more of this. We need yeah. more people to talk about our sport. Yes. And we have so many great athletes in Quebec. And it's quite sad on top of it with COVID, but it's really hard for, for you guys in Quebec to make it to the big scene because we don't have this first step with the amateur fights. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have this organization. And then. Yeah, I, I'm,
0: I'm here. We'll be here, BTC, myself, Merlin, Pascal. We're going to hype you guys up. We'll put you guys on the camera, whatever I can do, even if there's a, our humble following. Uh, that's it. Thank you, Val. Guys. Uh, I'm the Beast Knees. I'm the Cat's Pajamas. Jamie Boom Boom. Like, comment, subscribe. It does help the channel. Uh, we hate saying it, but it actually does help the channel. And uh, that's Valerie Treble Eternal, Guys, go back. You can see her fights. They're, they're still, they still exist in the uh, U- YouTube sphere. And uh, that's it. Thanks. Thanks, Jamie. Peace.